When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Spectrum Internet has enough speed to handle all your needs. So you can work, game, and stream with speeds up to a gig. Plus, Spectrum's advanced Wi-Fi provides enhanced security for all your connected devices. Get Spectrum Internet with fast and reliable speeds, starting at just $29.99 a month with a two-year price guarantee. Visit spectrum.com slash internet for you for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Restrictions apply. Welcome into the Ravens Press Pass podcast. It is Thursday, November 9th, and the Ravens are gearing up for a Game coming up on Sunday against the Cleveland Browns at M&T Bank Stadium. This is a big-time AFC North showdown. The Ravens are in the midst of three home games in the course of a 12-day span, and this is big-time considering the Ravens are in first place in the division right now, but the Browns and the Bengals and the Steelers are right behind them. So these two games against the Browns and then the Bengals are going to be critical in determining where the season goes from here. As we get ready for that game, we had a chance to talk with the coordinators today. And first up is offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. It's a pretty easy question, isn't it? You know, um, happy for him. Had a pretty good preseason, then got hurt. And uh, then we started to get him a little bit involved, then got hurt again. And so uh, it was fun to see. The guys were excited for him. He's a great kid, works hard. And you can see that by our guys, how excited they were for him. We knew about his speed, but his ability to be physical and, and get guys off them. Was any of that at all surprising in the game, or yes. when did you notice that of them? No. You know, what happened in the preseason a lot is uh, there were some plays that uh, he showed some lateral quickness and get to the edge, but you really didn't see him play behind his pads like he did in the game. thought he did a great job playing behind his pads, showed good vision. There were runs that... Should have been four or five. He got seven or eight, and runs that would have been seven and eight. He got nine or ten. Besides the one that showed his speed, but uh, thought he did a great job playing minus pads. So I think what everybody wants to know is what's that mean for him going forward in the running back rotation? You got a lot of good running. I don't know. Backs. Still early in the week. Um, you know, I mean, we'll see. Games go different ways, but obviously, um, uh, how do you want to say it? Like, uh, I think like with any player. Um, when you get your opportunity, you take advantage of it, and that leads to more opportunities. I think that's the simplest way to put in anything in life. Uh, if you're given an opportunity and you're successful at it, you're going to get more opportunities. And you, you deserve it. You earned that. He's earned that. What's going so well in the run game right now? You know, number one in the league. Obviously, you, you blend, brought your schemes in, kind of blended it with what the Ravens were doing well here before. What do you feel like is going so well this led you to this point? Well, first off, our coaches do a great job of scheming the run uh, each week, uh, trying to tie it into what we want to do in all areas of the game plan. Obviously, Keaton having a 40- and 60-yard run helps that. I mean, you're not counting on that. That's difficult to account for in any given week. Um, you know, Lamar adds to that. You know, you're in an interesting position to where you have a quarterback that each week may account for 50 to 60 yards. Some planned runs, some scrambles that lead to that. So you're going to get some of that. Um, 
But as I always say, you can't control the game if you can't run the football. So we've got good backs. We're physical up front. I think we're pretty versatile in the type of run game that we have. And, and Lamar is certainly a big part of that. And the backs have been a big part of that, along with the O-line. And the coaches have done a great job. I know I mentioned that earlier. came full circle. But they've done a great job of, of scheming that up. Versatility of having maybe a bigger back like Gus who can be physical and then kind of a speed guy like Keaton. How important can that be? Sure, I think when you have, um, for instance, when you have three running backs that are up on game day, um, it is nice to have players with different skill sets that you can utilize. Uh, sure, would you like uh, three backs that are short yardage back, receiving back, you know what I'm saying, like that, that are, didn't do it all, sure, but at least, uh, you know, from Gus's standpoint, Obviously, from a power standpoint, and he showed speed, able to break tackles, and then having some other guys can do some other things, I think uh, is helpful in terms of when you're game planning, certain matchups, certain parts of the field, certain situations, as we all know. Mark Andrews continued in your offense to do basically what he did before in terms of production. How has he had to evolve, though, and change maybe to what you wanted him to do? Or is he just said, you did 89, you be you? Oh, I don't think he's changed much. I don't think it's just sometimes he has a way of the ball finding him, just has. I think uh, you guys asked before, you know, because it's um, what's the deal with Odell, you know, and, and I said before, and I'm not bringing Odell into this. I'm just saying that the, the, the history that they have together leads to that. To me, uh, in the passing game, um, the ball finds players that the quarterback has trust in. I mean, when Aaron, Aaron Rodgers went to the Jets, there were certain guys he wanted with him. There's certain guys that quarterbacks, when they get to a certain part in their career, they have they have trust and skill guys around them, and you can see that that's been built over time. Uh, Lamar saw a lot of man coverage last time you guys played him in Week Four. Uh, I guess what is having that kind of baseline of expectations do for him going into this one? Oh, I mean, uh, some of that was uh, we saw a decent amount of man, and then it got even more of that as we were up in the game. So, and we've seen a decent amount of man. Um, so, I don't know what it really does to him, other than it for us from a game planning standpoint. Like any any game we go into, we have to have, you know, a plan where Lamar feels comfortable where to go with the football, no matter whether they're playing man, zone, types of zone, types of man. Uh, that are good versus all. And I think that's that's the part of it is having enough skill guys that make it difficult to play man. Uh, the more guys you can have that can win, the better job you do of uncovering those guys, the more fun it is. The fewer guys you have of that and the worst job you do of uncovering them, then you get covered and you're holding on to the ball and you hope he runs around and makes play. And that's what we're trying to avoid, obviously. There we go. Did you look back to Knox College Division 16 football? Did you go all the way back to that? I appreciate that. Just cracking that bad boy up. It is so cool, you know, that the game has evolved from what would have been considered uh, years ago uh, quarterbacks. Well, the offenses have changed, right? So there was pocket passers. Um, you were either running quarterback or you were a throwing quarterback, right? You were one or the other. Uh, more, I wouldn't say statues, probably a strong word, but more of a pocket passer. Um, where now you've gotten to the, the point where you've got 
really athletic guys with arm talent and size and really understand the passing game. And um, the game has changed forever in a good way. It's, to me, it's more fun to watch. I mean, um, it's hard to <clears throat> consistently hang in the pocket and distribute the ball unless you're really elite on the outside. I mean, you need the ability to extend plays and allow guys to uncover. That's really the number one pass play we've had every year that I've been in coaching when you have quarterbacks like Lamar is scramble. There's not one other pass play that we're going to call, not curl flat, not four verticals, going to be scramble. So we've got to continue to be elite at our scramble rules because when you have athletic quarterbacks, when you see them making plays off schedule, all the guys you mentioned, um, the guys that are elite, you talk about the Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar, like those off-schedule plays are hard to defend. They're two-play quarterbacks. And I might have gone off in a different direction, not even asked, answered your question about Knox College and, you know, back in the day. Maybe we're discouraged from even attempting just with his kind of elasticity and being able to throw. What's that again? Like, we're, is he attempting throws that, you know, maybe you were discouraged from attempting just with the kind of elasticity that he has? And you talking Lamar? Yeah. Or anybody, his just arm angles. His arm angles? Yeah. Oh, it's impressive, that. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. <laughs> I, I, you're not going to see those old YouTube videos and see old, you know, those arm angles with me. I didn't even know those existed. Um, that's awesome. I mean, it's um, he's got a unique ability to, you know, still be accurate with uh, multiple arm angles, which – you're seeing with a lot of these quarterbacks, you're seeing the ability with arm angles. Um, some of it comes from guys that, in my opinion, played baseball, like Mahomes. Like if you're a middle infielder, you're used to turning a double play and your arm angles still be inaccurate. Um, that's my opinion. Uh, maybe not everybody's opinion, but I do think that he has a unique ability with a lot, the athletic corpus. And the other thing is 20 years ago, 15 years ago, you didn't have nearly as many quarterback coaches. And I'm not talking about in the building, I'm talking about outside, that train young kids at an earlier age. And they're, because of their athleticism, they're working a lot more off-scheduled throws. Like you just watch these on YouTube, and they're all over the place, moving and arm angles and being off-platform because you're just seeing more of it. And they're just more ready and available to play because it doesn't have to be perfect. It used to be everything was training, being in the pocket. Now that's just evolved in a lot of ways, and you just see it with players across uh, the country from college to the NFL. You said before how game day is stressful for yourself. What's two and five days' time like? What is what? What is two games in five days' time like? For next week? Oh, it's actually better. There's less time in between. I wish we played every day. <laughs> I mean, right? Like baseball is like you, you go for four, you get to go play the next day, and you get to get, get it out of your system. Right now, the good news is when you play well, it's actually nice. You have a week, right? You're like, okay, feel pretty good. Actually, there's not as much stress. Play like just the way it is. So, uh, do I prefer to play the next day? Of course, the fun's in playing. You know, it's getting out there and going and seeing what you do. So, um, to me, um, it is what it is. Luckily, we played them before. They played us before. You know, it's um, you know, get ready to go and first of all, take care of the first one. That's the most important is what we do this weekend, how we prepare for this team, and then take care of the Bengals when that comes uh, after we play Sunday. What are the challenges in preparing game planning for Miles Garrett? Just, not just that he's a great player, but he's such an athletic freak. He can do so many different things, line up different places. Yeah. I mean, that's, what's that yeah, like? it's awful. <laughs> yeah, it absolutely stinks, you know. Um, you know, he's just uh, – he's got such – 
natural ability and he's worked awfully hard to, you know, um, really drill down, you know, his pass rush moves and he's relentless and, um, you know, you have to account wherever he's at, you know, which is any elite player. Could be a receiver, you know, quarterbacks that can move, uh, pass rushers that make it difficult, you know, it makes it, makes it difficult in terms of uh, everything that you do because he can wreck the game. Uh, he can wreck the game. He, uh, he made it hell on Indy. You know, there was a couple plays that really changed that game. So, again, and he's a tremendous young man. He's a hard worker, great kid. Um, but it, it stinks. I mean, you'd, you'd, you'd prefer he's out. That was offensive coordinator Todd Munkin. We also talked with defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. Now, Mike's defense is one of the best in the league. They're certainly eager to show that in Sunday's game against the Browns team that also has one of the league's best defenses. And Mike talked about this game and his expectations for his unit. How different your prep from, I mean, we prepared for Deshaun, I guess, the last time, then he ended up not playing, and ended up with DTR. Now that you know he's going to be in there, just what you saw in week four, does it help at all to even prepare for them this week, given what they didn't have him? I really haven't thought about it uh, through that lens. Uh, I mean, it's really the same process as usual. You're going off of um, what we went into the first game, you know, how, how we felt like the first game went, uh, you know, and then obviously the four games since then and, and how they've evolved and how you anticipate them kind of responding, which, you know, it's always kind of a anticipatory thing going into a second, you know, division game. So I, that's the way we're kind of approaching it. Like a few of the guys mentioned just the natural comfortability that comes with being in a defense for a second year, but having a year of NFL coordinating under your belt, did you change anything about the way you talk, you know, at all this, this off season or, you know, installed game plans? Well, I think, um, you know, we, we had talked about this in the off season a little bit about uh, having a clear vision of what we wanted to get to. Um, so it crystallized a little bit in how we were coaching it and, uh, our methods and how to do it, you know, I think it was clear. And then just, I mean, the staff's been awesome on how we've worked together on how we want to do it, you know, and how you ex go about executing it. So I think just kind of the logistics of everything is just a lot smoother second time around. Mike, um, people who watch your defense, watch the film, I think one of the things they say a lot is how unselfish everybody's playing. You, you know, Van Noy wasn't here to week three or four. Clowney was halfway through the preseason. Mallette was late. How did you get guys to buy in? Is that something where the culture kind of sells itself in a lot of ways? Is it something you discuss often? How, how does that process work? Yeah, I'm really glad you asked that because our guys deserve a lot of credit for, for playing that certain way. I mean, I, I guess the, the culture is probably the first thing that, um, you know, Harbs instills to the whole team. And that's, that's been a, you know, how we've operated here for a long time. And then, um, you know, really just you know, the coaches do such a great job with their with their with their rooms on a day to day basis and just um, over communicating roles and how we expect it. And, you know, it's something that we talk about as a unit all the time about, hey, look, look at this guy doing a great job that set up this guy. So this guy made a great play, but he was able to make a play because these three guys are doing a great job setting this guy up for success, if that makes sense. There's. And there's every time someone makes a play, there's so many great examples that you can show. So that's definitely something that we've stressed. But credit to the guys and, and buying in. I think they see different guys making plays, and that's building their confidence. And obviously, you know, we have I think we have a tight unit, 
and uh, it's exciting to see people you know be excited for other people's success so i think you know we're it's uh it's not easy to get to this point so um hopefully we build on it but definitely proud of where we're at for sure specifically on kyle van noy what's maybe impressed you most on him over the past six weeks or so man i i just uh to me he's he's the player that that i that we anticipated him being you know it's the, the things that he's done over the course of his career uh he's doing here he's playing obviously at a high level but he's the, he's the type of player that um that i expected him that he was going to be you know so credit to him for being ready to go and uh i don't mean that to take anything but it's just that's how how highly i thought of him for sure like um it's there's Salah, Jets went off about sacks, kind of can be overrated a little this week, talking about how much is measured. But for a guy like Padafe Owe, who you guys felt like improved last year, but it may not have shown in the sack stats, yeah. how much can getting tangible, you know, getting sacks and, and having that help him going forward? I don't think he's wrong by saying there it's overrated. You know, I, I know where we stand sack-wise, but I'd be kind of talking at both sides of our mouth over the course of the years. Um, but with uh, with Dolph in particular, I think you know it's just um, overall confidence. You know, you're getting to the quarterback and and having and having success and having maybe a little bit of validation about the the type of work that he's put in. And um, but whether or not he, he was getting him or not, you know, to me, and I've talked spoken on this a lot, is the process and how he approaches it. We're very proud of that. And he's standing on that right now, and I think you're starting to see the production come to fruition is what we anticipated all along. You've been asked plenty before about what's it like going every day against Lamar with your defense. What is it uh, like going against Mark Andrews? And <laughs> you know, what sticks out the most to you as a defensive coordinator watching 89? Well, Mark is an ultimate competitor, and um, he brings it every day. So that's the first thing that that comes to mind when you when you think about Mark. Um, and our guys know, hey, if, if you if you win a rep against Mark, that, you know that's saying something. So that's just iron sharpens iron type of thing. And obviously, he's he's you know definitely one of the best in the game to do it, probably for you know from a long time. So um, just seeing him come out and compete every day in his mentality, he doesn't never backs down. He's always bringing it, and uh, makes make sure that we're on our p's and q's as well. Like I'm just curious to hear your argument about why sex are overrated. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot that goes into it, right? I mean, you can win rushes at a certain rate, and the ball's out. Or if you're not winning, if you're winning rushes at a at a, at a lower rate, but the guy's holding the ball, it's just there's different things that go into it. So I think uh, sacks are important for sure, you know, because they affect the game and yardage and all sorts of things. But um, quarterback psyche, that sort of thing. But uh, there's definitely more to go into it in terms of affecting the quarterback and and uh, you know winning downs on a you know per down position in a, in a situational basis. Uh, you guys did a great job against Mark Cooper back in week four. Yeah. Obviously a different quarterback this time around. Uh, seems like Watson's got a great relationship with, with that. I guess just what do you make of your execution from that first game? Maybe how does how do things trying to change around this time around? Well, uh, like I said in the first time, they they do a great job of moving him around. So we have to do, be able to account for every where he lines up and the things that he does from those particular angles. So I think the guys did a great job of recognizing that the first game. And, um, you know, I think the way the game played out, it was probably hard to get to some things they probably had game plans. So that's something that we're going to have to account for as the game goes along for sure. That was defensive coordinator Mike McDonald. We also talked with special teams coordinator Chris Horton. Well, good to see all you guys today. Um, 
You know, it's just our, our guys out here. We're working hard. Uh, it's a division game. And we're pretty fired up for it. We will be ready to play, um, you know, and just like I say every week, you know, it's, uh, I'm just continuing to see the growth in our players in this phase of the game. We're doing a good job of starting to make some plays and, and really just, you know, some, some young guys are coming along. We're playing some young guys, and those guys are really showing up for us. And, you know, we're just looking forward to the opportunity on, uh, on Sunday. Questions? One year, teams going through a lot of injuries. It's usually the back end of the roster that's affected, uh, affected a lot, which usually affects your group a lot in terms of the guys coming and going. How much has the continuity and the overall health of the team helped you to get the same guys out there most weeks uh, to kind of grow? You know, Jeff, it's been it's been pretty good. Uh, you know, um, from from the start of the season to to where we are now, uh, it's been good to get <clears throat> it's been good to get some guys back. Uh, you know, all those things uh, usually usually pretty much helps us on on special teams. And you know, I've just been encouraged by the guys the guys that maybe hadn't played a lot of special teams um, in their career. They're getting a lot of opportunities to play. And uh, guys that I think about, you know, I, th I think about the Charlie Kolars, you know, and the, and, and the impact that he's making for us weekly. Uh, I'm encouraged by what I'm seeing by all those guys. obviously Keith Mitchell break out as an offensive player, but he's worked on special teams as well. I mean, what have you seen from him in that area? And how fun is that for you uh, as a special teams coach when you see a guy get an opportunity on offense or defense after working with you and, and taking advantage? It's one of those things where we talk about young guys all the time, right? Uh, in order for them to really make their mark, they probably come through the, through our room first uh, as a special teams player. And, and once we find out and give those guys and establish a role for those guys. You know, I've stood up here before. I told you uh, the things that he does well, right? Uh, he he can run. Uh, he's a he's a for a for a guy that some would say he's, he's a small guy. He's a physical guy, um, and and those things do show up on, on special teams. So we get an opportunity to to put him out there, man, and just to watch him go play gunner, watch him run down the field on kickoff, watch him hold up guys on punt return. You know, bigger guys. It's just been it's just, it's been amazing to see. And then to watch him get his opportunity on offense, I mean, and then do what he's do what he did in the game is, I mean, I couldn't be more proud for the kid. That was special teams coordinator Chris Horton. Now the Ravens will take on the Browns at one o'clock on Sunday, and the Ravens are looking for a big time home field advantage. So make sure that you are there and you are loud. If you need tickets to this game, visit BaltimoreRavens.com/tickets or visit SeatGeek. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you again tomorrow. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> I love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Are you looking to build this year? If so, there is no better time than right now to start planning and to get your spot on the construction schedule. If you need a garage, a stall barn, a storage for vehicles, RV, boat, collectibles, or even a, a shop for your farm, hobbies, or car restoration projects, visit mortonbuildings.com and start your construction process with superior materials craftsmanship best in class warranty morton buildings are made to last for generations at morton 
The difference is in the details. From their cutting-edge innovations to their craftsmen in the field, they are dedicated to surpassing expectations. Their legacy of excellence spans more than 120 years, and Morton Buildings is 100% employee-owned with more than a quarter million satisfied customers. That means they're the industry leader you can trust. When you choose Morton, you'll experience quality at every step of the building process, starting before the walls even go up. Visit mortonbuildings.com to get started today.